All right, guys, we're back. We are here to discuss the pre-watch um, of King of the Ring 1995. And we're back here with, with Billy again. What's going on, man? Uh, same stuff, different day. We'll see if I can keep this from getting explicit. I've been pretty poor at it. Not as good as I was when we first started recording. Um, but same stuff, different day. Uh Looking at, you know, looking forward to looking down this card um, and then, you know, getting ready to watch this. Same here, man. Same here. So um, this is our first episode since recording the post-watch SummerSlam 90. So we're five years away from from the last pay-per-view to five years to come back to Philly (coughs) for a pay-per-view. It's a travesty. You alive? Oh, man. It, my phone got connected. I didn't hear a word you said there. All right. So we're going to do three seconds again and restart. Okay. My bad. I, 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 I had it still on Wi-Fi. So okay. then I switched it to the 5G. Okay. Which um, seems to work. Get COVID now. 5G. I'm all right with that. Right. So three seconds and then we'll just start over. Gotcha. All right, guys. For uh, the pre-watch episode of the 1995 pay-per-view King of the Ring, which took place in the now. Um, it is no longer the Spectrum. Nope. This is the, this is probably one of the last events in the Spectrum. Yeah, because the Spectrum opened uh, summer '96, so this is one. Of, this is one of the last events there. So. It threw me off because it says core state spectrum. Yeah, it was core. It was they 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 had naming rights for both of them, if memory serves. Um, one of my last memories at the spectrum. Um, I don't know if I had ever told you this story, but I do share it. Um, I was it was probably around this time, nineteen ninety six. Um had gone to a Flyers game in one of those wonderful obstructed view seats that I described um, to you. A friend and I had gone down last minute. Um, Someone was selling tickets pretty cheap. So we, um, we go and a friend of mine's father uh, worked for the, well, actually he still works for the Flyers. Um, A good friend of mine. And we were doing the old, like we would wait out for like when the players came out of the tunnel um, to get their autograph before they got in their car. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my friend's father, his coworker was the head of security. Underneath the spectrum or on the first floor of the spectrum was a restaurant bar called Ovations. And um, I the, vaguely remember that. Yes. Um, it was like a private thing. Like the players went there after their showers. Like it was not an open to the public unless you were like, you know, probably someone who had, um, spent a lot of money with the organization or, or had some kind of ties. So anyway, um, we were standing out there and he was messing with us. And, and the guy who's head of security obviously knew my friend. He, you know, his father has had worked for the flyers all the way from a stick boy. So he, he had, he still works for them, but he had worked for them for some time then. So he let us in. Um, and we, uh, 
got to, you know, shake a lot of hands and meet the one and only number 88. And I got to interrupt his steak, his post game steak dinner for an autograph. I, you did not tell me that story. I didn't know that one. That's a good one. Yeah. We, um, we, I mean, and so like I had bought a calendar, you know, because again, I was like a 15 year old kid, I think. Um, so that's what I could afford at the, uh, the shop to commemorate you know to remember my game lucky for me it came in handy later because i could get the players to sign said calendar and uh it was funny because like a lot of the lower you know like what would be called they didn't call them this then but what would be called the bottom six players you know your enforcer you know um your enforcers and and whatnot and and your grinders were breaking each other's stones about what picture they, they picked of those players to be in the calendar. It was, it was, a, it was a good time. Little known facts about a young JG is um, he had a one Sean Antosky Jersey back then. I was just going to bring up his name. I swear to God, because <laughs> when you said enforcer Antosky's the first name that popped in my head from that era. So I had a Sean Antosky Jersey and I got to shake hands and, very briefly and share uh, share a laugh with with Mr. Antosky. The, the enforcers are always back then. They were always the more down to earth guys because they were just guys that were there to fight. You know, like yeah, absolutely. Crazy, crazy thing about Sean Antosky, and and this would be the enough of mid nineties Flyers trivia was he was a first round pick. I did not know that. I just know he was number one in my heart and number one on my NHL game on Super yeah. Nintendo. He was a t- he was a tough guy. But oh, he, yeah. yeah, he was a former first round pick. Yeah. You're in um, a living the any way any way you can in the NHL. That's it. Back then it was a very important. The enforcer was very important. To everyone. Yes. Yes. If um and again now and we'll get off hockey and get into this, but uh recently on the spitting spitting chicklets podcast they had Todd Fedorik on. I would um highly recommend anyone listening to some old Todd Fedorik stories. The fridge. The fridge, exactly. 240-pound animal of a man. Yes, sir. Um, I would recommend it if you like that era of hockey. He's got some good stories, and, and he played on quite a few teams with some with a few characters. Two stints here in Philadelphia. Most, most Flyers come back for two stints. At least. Yes. Um, I feel like the Phillies try to do that a little bit too. They like to bring guys out to close, you know, to close their careers. Um, please, please don't bring up that team. Sorry, we'll move on. So the core states, we got off on this tangent because the core states in front of Spectrum threw me off a little bit. So I wanted to share a little bit of my memory of one of my better memories of the core states Spectrum. Did I lose you again? No, I'm here. I'm here, buddy. I'm right. here. Um, so we're here to talk about King of the Ring 1995, which is five years after the last pay-per-view and, and a little bit of a snub to go five years in a, in a good wrestling town without a pay-per-view. Well, when you factor in or not every once every month, I mean, it's not it's not really that high of a snub, I think, but there was only four pay-per-views now with the 12 the 13 to 14 pay-per-views a year it's definitely got to come around once a year yeah. and there wasn't raw back then raw wasn't well raw it, was on but it wasn't really 
they didn't really do big arenas back then. Yeah, so Raw started, right, it was like um, the Monday Night Show used to be a highlight show. And then when Raw first kind of became a thing, they they would have like one match. And then like they had like a like it's still a highlight show, but there was like a little ring in the middle of it. I remember um, as it finally became its actual and what it actually is now. Yeah, it was like it was like a job. They had a lot of, I would say, jobber matches. And it always emanated from New York, the Manhattan Center at the yeah. first first couple weeks. I think it started in 93, memory serves. And we talked about a little bit about the infamous tugboat um, last episode. And I feel like I remember the tugboat nat- natural disasters thing playing out on Raw, uh, on like early Raws. Yeah, me too. Me th- the early Raws were just spectacular. I might have to go watch them one day. And maybe that will be another series. Um for nostalgic purposes. Yeah, that we go through. So, do you remember much of this pay-per-view? I, I can tell you I don't. I I remember watching it once, and it, was, it wasn't a very great pay-per-view. And it was critically panned, actually. Mostly because you had Mabel go over. Um, so, correct me if, like, do you know when King of the Ring was introduced as, like, a regular pay-per-view? 93 Brett Brett won the first king of the ring because it was it was not part of the original four no no this came around in 93 and it was a buffer between Wrestlemania and SummerSlam and another so you have the Royal Rumble and then the king of the ring another royalty inspired title yeah yeah Vince McMahon doesn't even like tournaments so this whole king of the ring thing surprised me a little bit He's not a fan of tournaments because they have to send the same wrestler out three, four times. and it doesn't, like, Yeah, it does, doesn't work the same way a martial arts tournament works. No, no. Um, or, the, or the old, old, old UFC tournaments. Well, that was, I mean, that, wor- that, only, wor- and that only worked because, one, there was a novelty to it. Um, it felt very, you know, forbidden, and, and you only heard of, like, you know, the only thing that we had close to that was the fictionalized, like, Van Damme uh, movie de- depicting a kumite, which was, like, you know, like, supposed to be a martial art versus martial art, no rules thing. So, like, there was a novelty part to it, and then there was the, like, these guys are actually fighting, you know. Um, that would be Jean-Claude Van Damme, not Rob Van Damme, correct? No, no, that would be Jean-Claude C. Van Damme. C. Um, and so, but if you go back and watch some of those, like some, some things that happen there are crazy and insane and some things, you know, it it really grinds to a halt. So even then, um, it just doesn't work quite the same. And, and when you have tournaments, it's not always the best fighter that wins. Sometimes it's just the best conditions. You were talking about fighting multiple times in in a, and in an evening, um, it changes things. So with wrestling, it's even kind of worse because it is not, you know, um, the same the same vibe. Yeah, you never get you never get the same reaction. That your third, fourth time being out there, it's like, you know, 
No, there's and right, exactly. And when you talk about some of these guys, it's I, I can't imagine the conditioning lent for four matches. Not a great time for the business in 1995. Um, so when we talk about that, and you and I pick our favorite matches from pay per views, then uh, maybe we picked a little bit of outliers, um, because maybe more of it looked like this. I think we picked the exception rather than the rule. Right. Of that of that time period. Yeah. So, um, looking down at this card, I, I don't know that anybody could be prepared for seeing Savio Vega this much. He's not a bad worker. He's just vanilla. It's, it's just not. It's just not much pizzazz. Solid ring ring hand. It's and not- everybody wants to work with him because he makes him look good, but he's just a fan. It's just like, oh, blah. Not a knock about him. It, again, it's just a lot of, yes, a vanilla act. And I remember his ring gear being like just we, trivial looking. I think they were black khaki pants. It's just, I don't know. Maybe he's going for the Rico Suave look, you know? Could be. Could very the- well be. It uh, looks like he's managed by Razor Ramon. Yeah, well, you know, you have to put them two together. I mean, that's just natural chemistry right there. Yeah, Razor, no. Razor hailing from Cuba. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, we do have some big names on this card, right? You still have Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, and Bret Hart. Bam Bam Bigelow with Diesel. You know, you still have some big names on this on this card, but I don't know how much I want to see of Mabel. I mean, again, because I can look down at the card, I know the outcome of, of some matches because I see how many times certain names come on. I don't know how much I want to see of Savio Vega and Mabel, I guess is. Which might be why it was so critically panned and <laughs> not universally acclaimed. So, um, additionally, we have, uh, the roadie with Jeff Jarrett, who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The roadie becomes the road dog. The D O double G. Uh, facing off against spark plug Holly. That's hardcore Holly. Well, at this time he was spark plug, right? Still my favorite race car driver. <laughs> um, we have Kama, which is a gimmick prior to Papa Shango. After Papa Shango. So after, Kama, after, after the Voodoo. Okay. And then, but before the Godfather. Yes. Yes. So, Man of many gimmicks. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, the Godfather obviously just was the right gimmick for the right time, probably. Um, the late 90s and the Ho Train. Um, works, but I feel like my most memorable character is Papa Shango. I, I just really remember that Papa Shango. Um, was it Papa Shango and Undertaker? There was that was a feud, and he made the Ultimate Warrior throw up green slime, which is I always memorable. A boot on fire. He made a boot catch on fire too. It was way before it's way before its time. I felt. Um. A lot I think of they try to do this today a little bit with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I, I just sometimes what happens is, is it was done and, and in 
in that time, it probably wasn't quite appreciated for, for what it, you know, how good it, it was because it gets relegated to kind of a second act a little bit. Um, so we get Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler in a kiss my foot match. Which that scene, that feud seemed to go on forever. That actually started two years earlier at the 93 King of the Ring when Brett won. And Jerry Lawler would just berate him on commentary for two years. Literally, <laughs> it's two years. Great uh, Stu Hart jokes. Great Stu Hart jokes from Jerry Lawler, though. I'm sure that went over well in the Hart family. Oh, they don't take themselves too seriously ever. Um, and then the the main event is a tag team match. Very yeah, very weird, especially for like a main pay per view that it would be a tag team match. And you have so you have Bam Bam and Diesel versus at this point he's Psycho Sid and Tatanka. Um, not exactly the main event you would carve out for your ppv i so because we look back at these again on an island we don't really look back at them with the same build-up i i it's crazy to me how this match even like happens and then is booked as like a main event you know um so what is this really about diesel and psycho sid i mean that's what it looks like to me i'm guessing that's what it's about i'm also making a hypothesis that one of them guys might have had an injury, either Diesel or Sid. I'm going to so have to dig deeper into that. Bring in um, Bam Bam and Tatanka to, to level to, that out. To work, to work the match, yeah. So with, at this point, Tatanka has made his famous switch because um, the, the Psycho Sid and Tatanka have Ted DiBiase in their corner. The Million Dollar Corporation was just getting started at the time. And it's this might have been after Bam Bam lost to LT. And I'm guessing they promised him a push for doing that. It's <laughs> <laughs> the um, only thing I can think of. Bam Bam, you know, um, ha- has quite a few promotions that he does, you know, that he that he does well in. Um, wish he would have thought about changing his in-ring tights at some point. The fiery leotard doesn't work for you? Well, I mean, it may have worked at like earlier in his career. And then, you know, by the time he lands in, you know, he did a stint in ECW. Which I loved. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And, And while he's from the northern part of Jersey, he has a local guy feel to him. You know, he feels like a guy you'll run into at a corner bar on a corner stool. Hmm. Trained at the Monster Factory, which is pretty local to here. So um, I just feel like at that point and when you're in EC dub, you, you could change you could change your in ring tights. That's all. You know, um, it's a small it's a it's a small complaint about a guy that I, you know, like. Um, really liked uh, throughout his career. His, just, whole, his whole head is tattooed. How can you not love that? <laughs> but just, I mean, 
you know, you see The Undertaker go through the American badass. You want to tell me that Bam Bam Bigelow can't look like a biker? It's just, um, I feel like he his in ring attire could have matched the edge he actually had. That's all. It didn't really adapt. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Um. So, uh, going back through the top, you know, from the top to the bottom, uh, we get appearances from. Erwin R. Scheister. Um, this was such a time where you had to have an occupation as your gimmick. It's like a split, you know, like you can see it, right? Irwin yeah, R. you R. can Scheister, see the transition. Um, Spark Plug Holly, the roadie. Um, let's see. Uh, Diesel was the bodyguard. So um you can still see parts of that, but then you also have Shawn Michaels, you know, and Bret Hart and um, Savio Vega didn't come in with a job, right? No, he did not come in with a job. Yeah, So it's like a half and half and that's why. So um, I'm also looking at the like, uh, because it's right here in the, in the Wikipedia page, the aftermath is it looks like. um after being humiliated, Je- Jeffrey Lawler brings in his dentist. The evil dentist. Um, Isaac doctor, Yankum. A doctor, yeah, Isaac Yankum, DDS, um, eventually becomes Kane. By God, it's Kane. Um, but so we're still dealing with like a half and half occupation thing. And I think by 95 audiences are starting to tire of the like gimmick no 100 percent. this is the rise of ecw was in 94 95 as you will hear chanted throughout the core state spectrum well according to this there were many familiar faces from ecw in, in the arena that i did not know um, according to Wikipedia, because the event was held in Philadelphia, many familiar faces from the ECW arena were present. Do they mean wrestlers or fans? No, I think it says, oh, um, between Mabel and Savio Vega, the fans were chanting ECW in protest. Protests were big back then. Wrestling <laughs> protests. Especially in Philadelphia. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm not. They did not put maybe their best foot forward here in 1995. It it appears like it's a mismatch of mismanaged parts. So uh, it will be interesting to go back because I feel like with the last episode we watched, we had high hopes and we're disappointed. And maybe when the expectations are super low, they can, you know they can only exceed. Could be. I'm, I'm hoping so, anyway. So, um, I guess if you were to pick a match that you're looking forward to, do you have one? Ooh, oof. I, I mean, I guess it would be the Bret Hart-Lawler match. But, I mean, they didn't really use Jerry Lawler as the worker he was in Memphis. Well, he's a little older at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the only one that really sticks out. I mean, I'm sure the Savio Vega matches will be good. But he's not the star you're looking for. I mean, 
and also uh I don't I don't know the other talent that he's kind of having to deal with is going to be tough you know um you have Savio Vega versus Erwin Arshaser Savio Vega versus Yokozuna Yokozuna has to have two valets I think Yoko is really heavy at this time I'm talking uh-huh. six bills and then you have he's then I guess the, the the roadie would maybe be the most likely to have someone at least you know not a little athletic in there you know shyster was not a bad worker but he's he's stiff and he's wearing a whole shirt and tie <laughs> and pretty, spent, pretty, right? pretty tough to wrestle in that uh yeah yeah uh, not, not your optimal ring gear no one's blaming Erwin or Scheister, which when he goes to WCW and he still keeps the same gimmick, he's just what, Mr. Wall Street? VK, Michael VK Wall Street, I guess. <laughs> I just, I, 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 there's not much you can do with him. Well, I mean, come on. Again, you meant like the, the people who have to do character switches, which again, at this time was much bigger. Um, it happened all the time. You got to change it a little bit. Like the ones who are successful in doing it aren't doing a character adjacent. Right, right. And you can't use the name because of copyright infringement, no, trademark. So you just stupid. tweak it. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. There's a million, If it, it, again, there's a million occupations out there. You could have done anything. But to basically come out with the same thing and then not have the million dollar man to back up the belief system there um it just doesn't work it did it did not work at all um so i would have said i wanted to see comma and Shawn michaels but this goes to a, a time limit which then eliminates both guys ah okay all right they, they used to do that back then just so yeah. they didn't have to have another match i suppose yeah, but why would like out of again out of all the ones you're going to eliminate? Uh, it's a mystery why Sean didn't get it at this time because they were pushing him pretty hard. Uh, this is the this would be before the WrestleMania where he fought Bret Hart in the Iron Man match because that was '96. It's just a weird choice of all the you know again and. I I don't know if you want to eliminate both they could have you know I I don't know why you wouldn't want to see more of either of these talents Um, I I don't know we didn't we we weren't in the booking room I guess you know but um, I wonder again if there's just some secret or, or back back room injury um, for one or both of these guys that made it that made it so very well could be but if we were in the booking room it wouldn't have been king mabel i can well, tell you that so correct me if i'm wrong too but at, at this time um they were very very obsessed with um size 
They've always been obsessed with size. And I'm amazed that Mabel slash Viscera lasted so long in the company. He lasted until the 2000s. Well, yeah. Far into the 2000s. um, Big Vis lasted as a character himself for a little while. Yeah, he wrestled in the WWE CW. That slop they put on the Sci-Fi Network for an hour. He was into that, and that was after 2007. Um, so Mabel, uh, I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I'm almost a little surprised that we didn't have like a Mabel versus Yoko. I'm sure we did, just not at this pay per view. I'm sure Vince hyped that up on Raw at one point. <laughs> um, but you get the roadies got uh, the valet of J E double F. J E double T. Double J. Flat nuts. 20,000 guitars never drew a dime. <laughs> so he's he's in the corner of of the roadie and so we've got we've got Razor in the corner of Savio Vega Ted DiBiase, some some of this, the talent is outside of the ring. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of talent. So I don't know what they were doing there, but well, Ted, Ted was done. Ted, well, Ted yeah. was done with his career by that point. But nonetheless, um, and then, so correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm seeing the name Mo is coming out with Mabel. I guess everybody had that thrown in the corner. Uh, Mo was Mabel's tag team partner prior to this singles run. Am I correct with that? You are men on a mission. <laughs> men on a mission. I wish I could. I wish I, I wish I could do the rap right now, and it's in my head, sort of. But did they I, wear I, the lights? I feel What's like it? they were like pink and green or something. Am I right there? No, purple. It was purple. Purple and and yellow. Purple and yellow. Guess that. A whole Vikings Monteith. <laughs> well, thanks to Hogan, everybody had to wear yellow, I guess. It is a manly color, brother. <laughs> um, did you join Retro Fitness just because it was yellow and red, Billy? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I don't know. I think that both of us feel the same way going into this, that we're, we're not really expecting much. And sometimes having low expectations is, is good because it's very tough to disappoint low expectations. It is, but I'm hoping our low expectations are met at least <laughs> and not un- under the low expectations. If, it, if it's under what I'm expecting, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do anything at all the rest of the day because it would have to bring me pretty low. It might cut a hole in your sales. <laughs> What's the runtime? Did you see the runtime of this pay-per-view? I, I did not. Um, I'm guessing it's anywhere from two and a half to three. Man, if it's three hours. I don't think it's the whole three. Because they had to, they had to cut it off at like, at least 245 or 250 because then there was like a break and you had to sell the replay is there um so i'm i'm also interested to find out if this is about the time that they cut out the um 
intermission that we learned about or relearned about last pay-per-view. Could be. Could be. I don't I don't remember. I never got the pay-per-views until like they came out on the old VHS tapes. So I didn't um, I didn't have to sit through the intermission awkwardly and just watch a screen. And then I'm also interested to see if we're still doing like pre and post fight um vignettes and and interviews i'm hoping there's not as much there was a lot in SummerSlam 90 it was extreme amount no pun intended (laughs) it was almost unbearable before after during hogan posing we won't have to see hogan posing so that's a solid that should that should cut at least 10 minutes oh easily I don't think Mabel poses for that long. I don't know, though. I think I might want to watch Hogan pose um, over Savio Vega versus Erwin R. Scheister. You would stop dissing Savio Vega, would you? <laughs> and again, it, it's not even about Savio Vega. Just about the way, the way he was it, used. It, it's a Yes. Yes. I like the most but equals. I so like I watched wrestling pretty religiously at this point in my life. Like I did I don't think I missed a raw in, in nineteen ninety-five. Um I don't I barely remember Savio Vega. He had he had a push there for for a little bit he had a push. You might have took some time off, but it was like a month there where they were trying I just to push him. I rem- I just don't think I remember it. Like, I just think it was unmemorable. Oh, it was definitely unmemorable. It's not something you you attach to your brain and carry with you for 25 years. No question. I mean, um, so... uh, It's going to be... I mean, I wanted to squeeze 45 minutes out of this, but I don't know that we've got it. I guess we got to get what we get. Um... So uh, in the in the long run, we're coming out saying we don't have high expectations. We're hoping to be pleasantly surprised, but doubt that that will happen. Um, we'll be on, back. on a side note. Bashing a pay per view could be entertaining for the for the viewers as well. I mean, we uh, yeah, we weren't that hard on the last one. No, we weren't. We were. I felt we were fair. As disappointed as we were, I don't think we were that hard on it. Um, I, think, I think we were more disappointed in the fact that our memories were tarnished. I of a better I, time. I, and I, maybe that's why we weren't that hard on it because it was just such disappointment rather than anger or frustration. It was just you know, it was like me in kindergarten finding out Christmas wasn't real. Well, not Christmas. Santa Claus wasn't real. Um, Christmas is real, correct? Christmas is real, but but Mr. Claus. The money I spend on Christmas is real. Well, the funny thing that I said that I said then was so again. Remember, imagine being in kindergarten. Uh, my sister is seven years older than me, and she revealed to me that Santa Claus wasn't real, and so I thought that that meant Christmas wasn't real. That B word. No offense. Um, I thought that there would be no gifts, and then she explained to me that, you know. Our parents bought gifts. 
I had all, I had three, I have three siblings, not had, I have three siblings. I would never do that. My father would put me in a figure four leg lock if I did that. Um, horrific. I mean, look, uh, eventually the, the, it has to go away. So I'm not going to. Not at five. Five's too early. I was at eight. Um, eight so, you know, uh, I feel like coming away from, from that last one was, a, was close to how I felt finding out that there was no Santa Claus. Um, all of those memories of these things being, you know, not ridiculous. Not, bigger, not were, bigger than life. Yeah. Um, I think that another series we could do, or maybe episode we could do at some point, is rewatching um, Ultimate Warrior promos. I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> um, unless, we get, unless we get the medical marijuana cards. That's the only thing I can put myself through Ultimate Warrior promos. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it will be interesting because I think that what you know, like the idea that I would have is that we would almost try to type a transcript, um, and reread it in a couple different manners, um, like uh, one serious. Um, I've never tried acid, but I can imagine what that could be like. <laughs> um, it, it, it's an interesting idea, just because they're out there. So, um, yeah, I, I think when we get off the phone, I'm going to sit down and watch this. Um, I have work around the house that I plan on doing. Um, and depending really on how fast I can get that done, I think I'm going to watch this today. Um, hopefully it doesn't ruin my weekend. Godspeed. I might, I might have to wait a lot while I still well, want a weekend to enjoy. Yeah. So um, we're recording this on Friday. I expect to have this up later today. So the watch episode, normally we would record on Monday, maybe evening. Um, so yeah, you've got until Monday there, Bill. Thank you, Mr. Griffin. All right, guys. So if you're playing along, it is King of the Ring, 1995. Be prepared to get excited about the main event of Bam Bam Bingalow and Diesel versus Psycho Sid and Tatanka. Bam, bam. See you guys later. Bye-bye.